blesses his people and that he looks out for his people. He said, but I'm struggling here. He said, all of these things are happening. These people, they abuse others. They mistreat them. They live like there's no God. And everything seems like it's going on. And he says, not only is that the case, that, that they're doing this, and that seems so wrong, but the way that they're living is causing other people to doubt. He said, even myself, I almost slipped and fell. He said, and I've, I've heard what other people are saying. I, I've heard what they're talking, that people are questioning when they see what's going on with these folks and they, nothing's happening to them. And they say, where's God in this? Does God even know what's going on? Is, is he taking a little siesta up there in heaven? Has he gone on vacation? Has God forgotten what's going on because there's cruelty and injustice and unrighteousness going on and nothing seems to be happening about it? These are real world questions. And even though this stuff was written 2,500 years ago or more, I hear the same questions as a pastor. I see people on a regular basis who come to me and say, Tim, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm trying to live what to do right, and, and things are constantly coming against me. And I know we're not supposed to compare, and I know we're not supposed to look at others, but I look at others. I can't help it because they're putting it up in my face, and they're succeeding. They're doing well. Their health and their bank accounts and their relationships, outwardly at least, it looks like everything's going good, and I don't get it. Those questions are timeless ones. And he says it causes some people, it's kind of hard to tell whether Asaph is really talking exactly about himself or if he's kind of, well, this is what other people are saying. But he says, I've even asked, did I keep myself pure for nothing? Did I live this way? Did I live in the right way? For no good reason at all? Because it seems like everything is going wrong. And here's what he says in verse 15. Notice he says, if I had spoken this way to others, I'd have been a traitor to your people. In other words, I'm not going to get up in front of the congregation and say this, but personally, even though I'm a music minister, even though I serve in the sanctuary, I'm the chief director of music here, I still have questions and I still have doubts. And let me take a, a moment here and just point out that no matter who a person is, whether they're a pastor or an elder or a deacon or a minister, they're all people, right? And everybody has their own struggles. And Asaph apparently had a real struggle here. One that we can all connect with when we see the unfairness of life. I said, I, I wasn't getting up there and sharing this in my devotion, but this is what I was struggling with, and I saw a lot of other people struggling with it. What about the fat cats? Those who just throw everything in God's face. Does that somehow meet, make our following God invalid? Does it mean that he's not all-powerful or he doesn't know? Is there a real problem here? 
But he does this. He says, I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. And so I went into your sanctuary. You know what this is? He said, instead of tossing around philosophical ideas and started instead of trying to reason it all out and figure it all out with my own thought and with everybody's public I've already listened to all the public opinion and the questions I've heard everybody else's talk and I've tried to figure it out with my own brain but guess what he finally does last he says oh maybe I should go to the Lord about it Maybe I should ask him. Maybe I should get into the prayer closet or into the sanctuary. I mean, he was able to go into that holy place that we call the temple. He was able to go and to worship God where the presence of God dwelt there. And now we all know because of what Christ did that that veil that separated the holy of holies, we know on the day he was crucified, it was torn We know that Christ made a way that he's the intermediary between God and man and that now we can enter into the Holy of Holies. We know that now we have complete access to God. We don't have to go to a priest. We don't have to go to someone else to confess. We go directly to God. And so we can enter into his sanctuary just as Asaph could. We have that access. And so finally, after worrying, after asking everybody else's opinion, after trying to short out his own brain, thinking up the answers, finally he says, you know, I I need to go to God and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. What about these fat cats? What about these people who live like you don't exist? They mock you by their very lives. They despise you. I don't understand. So it says in verse 17 that I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path, send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. He said, you know what, I spent some time with the Lord and the Lord readjusted my attitude and my thinking and he helped me see things differently. You know, he says, it looks like these folks are just coasting through life. He said, really, but they're on a slippery slope. (laughs) They're sliding to destruction. The fast lane that they're in that looks like it's fun, it's actually a fast track to a place of destruction and devastation, that their reward is coming to them. The reality is just because a person has not been judged now does not mean that they will not be judged in the future. Just because I'm getting away with it for the moment does not mean that I will get away with it for eternity. And then he uses this illustration about dreams. Now, occasionally... I have dreams. Um, I'm just going to assume that I'm like everybody else. If I'm weird, don't tell me, okay? But occasionally I have dreams where I know it's a dream, and I can kind of even influence what happens. You know, I kind of have some choice in that dream. But then there's other dreams where I, like, have no choice. I mean, it's this story unfolding before me. And depending on the type of dream, um, I... 
I wake up and either be like, oh, no, that wasn't real, or thank God that wasn't real. You know, it just depends. And, and I think we've had those types of dreams, and they're, they're so real. I had a dream last night, actually, and uh, I didn't plan up a dream. I didn't want to have this dream, but I guess I had this service. And I had this dream, and I was supposed to go back and preach a special message or something at this church where I used to be the youth minister years ago. Only when I got there, the pastor was a guy I played ball with in high school. He was no minister. <laughs> Neither was I at the time, but I don't know. It's still, you know, I, I just, and this was bizarre. I'm like, David, what are you doing here? And he was acting like it was normal. So I remember him being a big Celtics fan. He Back in the day, he had the green Larry Bird jacket. I mean, he was a full-on fan. And so I said, well, how about those Celtics? That was all I knew to say to him. I couldn't believe he was the pastor at this church. And I was about to speak, and then I realized I didn't have my Bible. And I'm like, oh, no, how did I show up without my Bible? And the, the, the message that was in my Bible, it was gone out of my mind. I couldn't remember anything at all. And so I run back to this hotel where I had, they had put me up, and it was a terrible hotel. It was awful. And I go in there, and someone else's stuff is in my room. <laughs> there's no Bible here, but there's all kinds of clothes, and, and, I'm, and I'm exhausted too, I guess because I'm halfway trying to wake up and asleep. I don't know, but in this dream, I'm so tired, and, and, and I can't even find my Bible, and I'm struggling. And, and I finally get out of there, and I'm trying to check out of this hotel and trying to do it in a hurry so I can get back and preach like I'm supposed to. And there's Mark Smith, and he's checking out of the hotel too. <laughs> and I said, Mark, you got any plans for lunch? And he said, no, let's go. And everything got better at that point. <laughs> I just forgot about preaching. <laughs> but you know... When you're in these dreams, they totally make sense, right? I mean, everything seems logical and true, and you don't even question. I mean, you might think it's kind of weird, but you're like, this is just happening. That sense of reality totally wraps you up. But then when you wake up, what do you do? You're like, how did I ever believe that? You laugh, you chuckle, or you say, thank God that wasn't true, however the dream came out. But you're like, can you believe that I felt like I was totally convinced that all that stuff was true? And then, of course, you tell it to your friends and your family, and they laugh at you, and you laugh with them, and it's just funny. And Asaph said, you know this whole sense that the people who don't serve God and that they you can be proud and arrogant and selfish and hateful and that everything's going to work out for you. He's like, yeah, that seems real convincing. Everybody believes that that's true because that's what it looks like on the outside. But guess what? There's going to be a day when the alarm clock goes off and you wake up. And we're all going to realize that what we thought was reality, what, we, what seemed like it was normal to everybody else, we're all going to say, what were we thinking? How did I ever envy that person? Just because they had a better car or house or something else, they were on a fast track to destruction. They were on their way 
to having their relationship with God destroyed. They were on their way to messing up all the relationships and all the really important things that really mattered. And I actually envied them, and I actually wanted the stuff they had, and I didn't realize how silly and foolish that was. That appearance that those fat cats are getting away with it. God says that's all just a dream. And you may not see it yet, but one day everybody's going to wake up. So right now, what do we do? When we see the fat cats, when we get envious of the things they have or the things that don't happen to them, or, or we say, why, 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 it's so unfair. Instead of racking our own brains to figure it out, or asking everybody else in the crowd, we need to do what Asaph did. We need to go to God and say, God, here it is. And if we spend enough time with God, he's going to do exactly for us what he did for Asaph. And that's he's going to straighten out our thinking. And he's going to remind us that what seems like happening is not really happening. Because the end of the story hasn't been written yet. But there's going to come a day of judgment. There's going to come a day where all of us reap what we've sown. We will harvest what we've planted. And when that day comes, the idea that those who live ungodly lives, that they're doing great and fine, Asaph said, God will laugh. And we'll all laugh because that was no more real than a silly dream. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, when we try to serve you, when we want to serve you, when we, we, we love you, we know that the main focus should be on our relationship and just enjoying you and being a part of your work. But God, it's easy for our eyes to be distracted by the world around us. It's easy for us to get caught up in the standards of this world, in the games that are played. Father, we pray that we would understand that rather than keeping up with the Joneses, we should be walking with Jesus. Help us to understand that what's important in this life are not the brand names, but the loyalty that we have to you. Father, it is the end, not the beginning, but the end that matters. And Lord, we pray that we will have an ending that is blessed by you. Lord, now as we enter into our invitation, Father, help us to each respond to you. God, if that is a mind change, Lord, if we need to repent of ways of thinking and believing and change our minds to agree with you, may that happen. Lord, if we need to repent of sin in our life, may we identify it and be honest about it and confess it and turn from it. Lord, if we have others that we are burdened about, God, may we, rather than worrying, God, may we lift them up to you in prayer. Right now, while we have this opportunity, God, help us to take it, to seize it. Father, to worship you right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.